Shine. A little interview. A little interview. We're back. Back from Florida, everybody. In case you care. <laughs> I don't know if you peed. And we got that one crisp today. We got that one crisp I had, today. I had the headphones on. Oh yeah. I peeped the lack of synergy in the in the handshake. The lack of synergy. That is true though. What is up, everybody? When you're on a team, you gotta sacrifice. Bro, we go hand in hand. We we we're, <laughs> we're, we are a well-oiled machine. We welcome you all into the all day everyday show with all day AJ and Manny Ruffin. We have a big show today. Another returning guest, which we will get to in just a few moments. If you are not already a current YouTube subscriber, hit that subscribe button down the, down below. Drop a like and a comment. Follow us on our social media pages. I know I say that at the end every time, but you guys know to do that as well. And if you are our uh, our, our sturdy audio listeners on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us those ratings. They really do help those platforms more than you guys will ever know. In today's show. Uh, we Like I said, we do have a returning guest. This is our third episode, if I'm not mistaken. And he is the CEO and founder of Props.Cash. A former math teacher, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. if Featured in the Washington Post. Yes, sir. It's none other than Pete Smalik. Yes, sir. There he is. There he is. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Chill out, chill out, chill out. I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a new mic, new camera, <laughs> new drip. I love it. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I do. I do for you guys. Oh, man. <laughs> Yo, you have the same, you have the same, um, what's it called? Is this? You have the same mic stand. That we yeah. have the road things. Wow, look at you in the setup. Props.cast, the little license plate. Like look at that. that. Why don't you get us one of those? Look at the bar graphs in the bottom. That looks <laughs> sick. Why can't we station one right here? What's up, man? Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's uh, the third time on here, so we're going for the three-peat. I love it. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. That third time on, and we actually talked about it on the way down here. It's been exactly almost a year since we last chatted. So in that year, like even in, even in the years before, what has it been like and how have you evolved as not only like a business owner, but as a person? Because it's been a long journey at this point. You guys are selling. We've seen you guys go viral now. We see merch. You guys are adding sections to Prop.Cash. So how has it been and how have you evolved and changed in these last couple of years? Oh, it's a great question. It's a it's a huge question to start. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have we've come a long way, man. We, I think, you know, the product started very simply, like I'm just me building it. Like I told you guys transitioning from a tool to help kids learn math to a tool that helped me win some prop bets to a tool that I shared with uh, some friends. And then, then I deployed it onto gambling Twitter. Now we're like a legit company. Um, we have an amazing user base, uh, you know, a great following on Twitter and there's nothing like, I like, I like to say there's nothing really magical about it. We've just kind of put one foot in front of the other and and have been building a company one step at a time. And a big part of that is we've just met so many people in this space, man. We know we know so many people on a first name basis. Um we see we see people in person. We we are chatting, you know, on these video calls. And I've I've learned that running a business is just it's about creating those relationships and it's about earning trust of customers. It's about they're not just going to give you their trust. That's why, in our opinion, like simple advertisements and stuff don't work. Uh, in this space, you got to earn trust. And we've been spending years now doing that. And the snowball is collecting snow. And as more and more people kind of trust our product and trust us as a company, we're creating a bit of a groundswell, which is becoming a lot of fun <laughs> to operate in. Yeah, it, that's definitely well said. I like that snowball 
analogy there. But let's kind of go from square one just for if there's any newer betters that are or newer gamblers that are watching this. Take us through like a brief rundown of what props.cash is and especially how it helps with the research aspect and, and also, you know, making smarter, better analytical bets. Yeah. So props.cash is an app that, you know, it's on the web, it's on the iPhone and iOS, or sorry, the iOS and Android stores. It's also has some functionality in Discord. And what it does is it just presents its data, player data. It's very specific to player props in a way where you can search around their data. It's a sandbox where you can start to play with their numbers and play with their stats in a way where there's not many interruptions and allows for a creativity of the user to look at different splits very quickly and, and, and shuffle through different pieces of data in a way that you're not able to by being on a site um, that has standard box score data. We've created honestly just a, a playground where you can, we can, you can run around in, uh, so to speak, with with respect to sports data. Now the user takes this data, and you know I think our best users use the product fairly often, and they start to develop a living knowledge of how players and how teams are performing against certain stats and certain props. And with that, they they can start to see a bigger picture or see areas that they may have not seen before, or, you know, Mason, I like to use the Mason Plumley assist prop or Vooch assist props. Mm-hmm. Like these are props that people are not typically taking, but our software says, Hey, maybe you should think about this. And then from there, people can decide to make a bet, or there's a lot of people that go on and do even deeper research, uh, take it to a more advanced level that, extends beyond our product. And so we're a starting point for some, an ending point for some, but more than anything, we're just a playground with which to get immersed in player data to help you formulate a hypothesis with which you can make a, a an informed player prop bet. Now the playground was a, was a real good analogy. I still have a lot of my close friends that still use props.cash all the time. And like one really good That's way awesome. to people use it, like we all look at bets differently. Not everyone likes to bet the same exact thing for the same exact reason. So just having like all my friends using props.cash and we come to the conclusion over one or two guys, like it's happened plenty of times where we all t- uh, tell each other's bet from props.cash and we cash and we all love it and still use it to this day. But we see you, I see you guys evolving, whoops, whoops. see you guys ever changing and it's March Madness. There's been some college props that have been listed for college basketball and college football coming up. Are there any plans to get some college data on props.cash anytime soon? Yeah, so college uh, basketball is on there now. Nice. It's fully on the platform. So it's been huge for us. Um, the The college props are relatively new and only available in select states. Yeah, that's right. We don't but get there is a whole, so. but, if, but if you look at the ecosystem of college props, it reminds me in some ways of where the professional sports leagues were two or three years ago with respect to the money line and the spread still being far and away the the most bet on. And the props are still slightly niche. They're, there's a layer of depth there. And, and I think getting into college is tricky. Um, there's a lot of information. There are a lot of teams. 
there's a lot to know. And so it's a totally different beast, but with props.cash, you can kind of dip your toe in the water and start to build that understanding that can, that can help you uh, with your bets. Yeah, for sure. Let's, um, now let's go way back because now I guess not <laughs> way back, but obviously it's been a year. It was actually March 19th was the last time this podcast with you was, you know, posted. So almost exactly to the year. And we have obviously haven't been able to chat that much, especially, you know, we've seen on Twitter, but let's go back to September featured in the Washington post. What kind of like, what was that like for you? And you know, how did that help, you know, bring, I guess, more exposure to props.cash and what you guys actually do. Yeah, that was, inc that was an amazing time. I mean, to speak more to my life at that time, just three days before the Washington post, um, article was released i got married no and way. and so it was a yeah it was i was a, thank thank you i was stunting like so hard that week. <laughs> i got married then i was written up in the washington post it was like peak it was like the peak week of my life it's all downhill from here but i was actually out of my i was actually out on my honeymoon um we went to this like remote cabin in algonquin park um and i I had to like try to walk up these hills to get one bar because I knew that the article was coming and I just, I needed to see if it was coming out. And my poor wife, I'm out on a honeymoon with her and I'm like taking her on these long hikes to like these peaks so in the middle of nowhere so I can get like one bar. I'm like waiting for like 10 minutes for the Washington Post page to load and stuff like that. Uh, so it was pretty amazing, uh, the whole circumstance around it. But the article itself, it's massive, right? Because in the gambling space, like moving into a bit of a more mainstream lane and the Washington Post is a mainstream publication, uh, lends, a ton, lends a ton of credibility. And it also allows me to tell my story to a broader audience. I mean, they retweeted the story and they have like millions and millions, I don't even, tens of millions, I believe on their Twitter. Um, I could be wrong there, but certainly at a scale that we're not at. And so it just creates uh, an exposure and at the time, it's really effective, but then also after the fact, you can kind of point back to that as a, a layer of credibility when you're going to potentially be working with somebody or your people want to learn more about the business. So there's a there's a lot of a lot of benefits from that happening. And Mark Selig, who did the actual article, was uh, I, I was a journalist before. I did some data visualization, and so it was nice to speak with journalists and and work to you know speak you know speak with them and build a story like this so it, it was a lot of fun what was the format like for that like did you get sent some questions and you would just type up your answers or was it kind of like a video call almost like this and they asked you questions and there was people in the back like writing that down and then forming the article that way yeah so we so mark set up a video call with me there was no kind of he's a proper journalist. There's no, there was no leading questions and it was us just talking for an hour. And I couldn't tell when the hour, when the hour was done, what the story was going to be. Was it going to, you know, I, I hoped it was paint. They were paint, going to paint props.cash in a, in a good light, but you don't know when you're talking to that kind of journalist, they keep a, a kind of a deadpan face. Um, and, but, it, but just before was, so this happened in the summer and the story didn't get published until, um, I guess, yeah, or, uh, mid September, early September, but we knew that it was going to publication, but a week in advance. And then they had a photographer come to our office and take all these pictures. And so that was like the most balling part of the whole thing. They had this no like way. pro photographer come and, uh, he uh, took me for two hours for all this lighting and 
went to all these different parts of our office and stuff like that out on the street. He was like making me do these like walk walk down the sidewalk like wow he's like taking photos and stuff like so that so you I felt like so that was still like that was peak <laughs> yeah, yeah like you said there you're like this yeah i was down. so hollywood he yeah, was so hollywood. Like, yeah exactly you're like this model and, now and this so this happened because of all the timing this happened a few days before my wedding so just like prepping me for the most like photog photography swag at my yes. wedding and i like I, I was tell i was telling the photographer i was like yo no this angle i need this angle like, i've done this before okay <laughs> yeah. i know season back. come on guys I know. <laughs> now that's sick and I, we're so happy for everything you've achieved and i don't think last time we talked did he have the office i'm hearing I this office talk did. did you have i did the i just had yeah I just I just had gotten it, okay. So I just moved in. So we yeah, I'll update you guys on some of the office stuff because it's pretty hilarious. So we I'm above a bike shop. Um, we have like a studio office in Hamilton where I am, and uh, we are taking over the entire floor. So we are on half the floor, and we're taking over the entire floor. And in the room where I am now, where I'm sitting, we in the next like starting april 1st we're building a golf simulator in the office so that we can smash the ball around in the off season this is like our uh our culture kind of gift to the team so we're piped wait that's so how how is it some i'm just interested in this side question like how has it been growing as far as like having an employee base how many employees do you have has your like hiring process changed how has that grown like I don't know how it went at first or how popular it was, I guess, getting applications or people re reaching out to you to work for props.cash or what your hiring process was like, but how has that changed and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, we have a team of around 10 people now um, and the hiring process is, we don't have like a jobs board, for instance, We, but we speak with people all the time. Um, you know, we speak with developers, even on places like gambling Twitter, or I have a past life where I've worked with hundreds of developers and people that have worked at these amazing startups where we don't, aren't necessarily working with recruiters, but I'm calling on people from past lives who I worked really well with, right. um, or who I've met through this space. And we were able to, to kind of piece together uh, uh, roles, but we are, you know, I still consider us a startup people that I hire need to be multitaskers. They need to know how to do multiple things. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a core part. We're not, we're not at the point w yet where someone's just siloed doing one thing, writing a report here or there. It's like all hands on decks. I, I like to use the analogy that these bigger kind of corporate companies are like cruise ships. Uh, they have like the inner workings are all running, you know, the, they have like staff on staff underneath and, and doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, a startup is like a pirate ship where, if you don't clean the bathroom, it's not getting clean type thing. It's a, it's a bit more like that mentality still here. And I, and I hope to keep it that way because that keeps people, uh, I, it keeps the environment exciting uh, for me. Now, I know this may be completely, I could have asked this in the last podcast, but in terms of COVID, were, did you have enough employees where there was possibility that there would be a, a turnover rate there? Or were you kind of able to keep everybody there to kind of keep the train moving? So the product started over COVID. So the business didn't exist before COVID. So we were able to scale it during COVID, which allowed us to not have to do any sort of layoffs. Yeah, because it would have been devastating for certain companies um, that, yeah, that would have had just a complete shutting off of their revenue uh, with sports right. ending. That would have been really, really suffocating. So thankfully we we picked up just as the sports were coming back on. And for the growth, 
I see the crew neck there, which is fire. I obviously like the black color there. So I just want to touch on the merch some. there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Obviously, not asking this question so we can get merch, but just throwing it out there. Um, so we've seen some other creators in the space, and I don't just mean Twitter, um, you know, TikTok, Instagram. Other creators have some of that merch, and specifically, um, I saw the video with Trent and Josh Giddy was wearing that. So yes. is that where there's collaborative things going on with other creators or is that just kind of sending some merch out, you know, these guys wear it on a couple videos and then people are like, Ooh, what's that? Like, let me go check out props.cash. That's a great question. So yeah, some people we send out merch to, but I think if you reach a certain size, you are involved in like more formal partnerships. So with the book it crew, there's more of a formal partnership. They are, they are at a critical mass. In my opinion, the book it, crew is they are they're doing something amazing um and so, so you have you, with companies like that you're, you're setting up more formal partnerships they they are a, a proper business whereas there's a lot of smaller businesses in this space people running their discords or doing smaller things where you might not have like uh, lawyers and stuff involved in setting up that type of partnership if that makes sense yeah how much has like like kind of your testament to gambling Twitter, like how much has gambling Twitter meant for you and props.cash over the years? Because it's just been like a, I mean, obviously where it started, but I mean, just off of like, just word to mouth marketing. Like I, I guarantee you a bunch of people have gotten their friends on props.cash that aren't on gambling Twitter the same way I have, the same way Alex has and plenty of people that are watching this has. First of all, I appreciate you guys telling your pals that that means a lot because that is our, our biggest, form of marketing is just people telling their friends saying, Hey, this actually helps me. It's, you know, it's probably worth 20 bucks a month if you are betting a few hundred dollars a month, uh, in prop bets. So yeah, that, that's been, that's been huge to, to get the word out and, and gambling Twitter, uh, means everything to me. I, I, I have invested myself in gambling Twitter over the past two years. Um, I built the social and I still uh, play a huge part in running the social. And the bigger part of gambling Twitter is not on the surface of gambling Twitter. It's the conversations you have in the DMS. Um, it's the, it's the connections that you make. And so gambling, uh, the way I think about gambling Twitter, it's kind of like an iceberg where you have the visible part on the top, but the more important piece for the business is what's happening underneath. And um, they're, there have been a lot of amazing people that we've met and formed relationships with. And at props.cash, everyone's working support, even developers work support. And there are so many people now that we know on a first name basis. We we have honestly met hundreds, if not, I want to say even thousands at this point, over a two-year period of people that I didn't know before. And part of growing props.cash is just essentially like earning their trust um, and, and, and building that. And it all started with gambling Twitter. So I owe a huge part of the business to, to gambling Twitter and that community. And I hope when the story of gambling Twitter is written into, or it's made into a, a Netflix documentary or a Netflix series that we get a, at least a subtitle in the, the gambling Twitter saga. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, huge part. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, hopefully like, Hopefully we can get maybe a, just a, a, a little feature for God's sakes. So we've definitely asked this question every single time. Now this is the third time, but as you grow and develop, not only inside the business, but personally within your roles and what you do inside the business, talk to us about 
your day to day now versus kind of how it was, you know, pre COVID, pre office, pre employees, and how that kind of differs? Yeah. The biggest thing that differs is I am a leader on the team. Whereas, uh, and the more people you have, the the form of leadership needs to change. Um, smaller teams, you have a different, a more hands-on uh, leadership approach. But to be honest, not a lot. It's, it's not like my job has changed so much from the beginning to where it is now. I still am heavily involved with the product. I'm still heavily involved with social. Um, I am spending time working on getting the MLB dashboard ready with developers. We were spending, you know, I was just uh, doing some pair programming with a developer for the past two hours uh, before I hopped on here. So it, um, it, it's not like I'm sitting in this ivory tower. We are, uh, and, and, and that's very much part of leadership, I think, right? Like you, you need to, you can't ask of anyone else to do stuff that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. And the company's still at a stage where I want to be involved, like cleaning the office. Um, when we're building the golf simulator, I'm heavily involved in like deciding which screen we want for the impact screen for the golf simulator. Like this is, I, I still, I don't want to be disconnected from that. I, I, I want to be working support and talking to customers. The best way to understand our product is to talk to the customers. And I think as soon as you start getting into your ivory tower and you start to distance yourself from that, it, it, it creates a bit of uh, separation that is not necessarily good when you're involved in the building of the product. I feel like you'd be the type of leader as well. Like even like props.cash blowing up even more and getting huge to the point where you could sit in that ivory tower. Like you kind of gave me the vibes of like you just love your work so much that you're still going to be involved with these calls with developers and stuff like that anyway. Like I feel like that's just kind of the person you are. I could be wrong, but well, I feel like I get those kind of vibes. Not that you're going to be working the 10 hour days 10 years from now, but like something I, I couldn't see you being completely like, ah, I'm just hands off. I, that's the vibes I well, get. Well, I think also you come from that space too of developing and, and what you did prior to props.cash. So I feel like you yeah, wouldn't want to leave 100%. that at all either. And also to be quite frank, I don't even know what the ivory tower is. <laughs> yeah, like, that's very true. Yeah, like uh, true. I don't have, I don't, not to say like, but I don't come from, I'm not like, I wasn't in a high level executive or I don't have an MBA. I don't really know. And I, I actually started this blog recently called the unprofessional CEO and it talks about uh, running, it's it's just kind of first principles of running a business that's not centered around raising $5 million or doing something that's huge. It's just, here's how I built the logo or here's our thought process in terms of how we run support. And it's we we very much like to say that the the team is it's kind of like we're in Canada so we say we're kind of like a hockey team but we're just trying to hire like first and second liners we don't want a fourth line uh, we only want four defensemen and six forwards and like a really good goalie and and I don't necessarily see myself as the coach I, I'm more of the captain of the team and still playing uh, with the guys and you don't want to be girls. like the the Canadians for instance you know, no no dig or anything just just saying just, exactly. just throwing that out oh, there man. Um, so you did mention the blogs there I do want to touch on that so those blogs can be viewed right uh, blogs.props.cash right and uh, 
those are different. Those are kind of our daily trends. This is more of a, it's unrelated to props.cash. I, I started a blog that um, it's a Substack blog that is the main purpose of it. it. Right now in tech, there's a bunch of turmoil. People are getting laid off um, and they're developers and people that work in the tech space don't have this necessarily the same perceived job security that they had maybe over the last 10 years or so. And I've worked with a lot of these people and there's a lot of them that I think have flirted with the idea of starting their own business, um, but never really given it a shot. And they might be in a bit of a rut at their current uh, job given the market dynamics. And so the blog is, is, is our little antidotes for that group to say, hey, you can try to build something on your own and try to get it to market with a, in a little bit less effort than you think. And here are some things that I've learned on my path to doing that. So it's not specific about sports betting or the or the gambling industry. It's more it's more tied to to running a business and and for developers where they can go build something on their own and and give them a bit of a push to to think about that as a potential option. Now for those daily trends that people can view that as like you don't have to be paying the subscription to view those correct yeah yeah exactly it's like if you're having a coffee in the morning you can pick up the five daily trends um and it would be like a page on a newspaper and you can look at five trends and decide whether you're going to buy the trend or fade the trend now does that does that help in terms of like a turnover where people can see that and then see that maybe that hits or that doesn't, but they see what that graph looks like, meaning, you know, what that little thing that's behind you there and be like, oh, well, I want to see what this looks like on the actual platform itself. Or is that kind of just a, you know, write these out, show people what it looks like and if they like it or not, tail it or not, then that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's the latter for us. Having consistent content matters. Uh, if you take time off, if you don't put stuff out for a while, that inhibits growth, uh, social growth, in my opinion, and that's that's the number one cause. I think where people don't grow is is people with good content don't grow because they are not putting out the content consistently. So the daily trends, uh, we have a few people that work on them. We have Walla Betts and Sammy Capper, um, and they basically they just put out these trends each day and they'll do it either first thing in the morning or late at night when the lines come out. And it's just something that we can offer to gambling Twitter on a consistent basis uh, every, every day. And people can do what they want with them. I will admit that uh, Wallabets and Sammy Capper are really good at what they do. And these, these, these trends help a lot of people. We get a lot of DMS or just messages on the trends that say, Hey, thank you for posting these. And I, it seems like we're at a certain maturity with gambling Twitter where you can put out trends and people aren't just auto tailing, but it, it'll spark say, Hey, I wasn't looking at um, Horford's threes or I wasn't looking at Halliburton's rebound line. And we put out these trends and people put some logic behind it. And then it's up to you to pull the trigger on, on the bet or not. And so those five trends kind of serve that purpose. I heard you reference buying the trend or fading the trend. And a trend recently, especially around your bills, that he's co-signed, I've seen other people co-sign, is this lowering of Josh Allen down the ladder of top QBs because of a tough <laughs> season, a quote-unquote tough season. 
How do you feel about your bills, specifically Josh Allen going to next year? Are you are you buying the trend that he has gotten worse or he's lowering down the totem pole? Yeah, I mean, man, this is a really this is the hardest question yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got personal. Yeah, Mahomes is so good, eh? Like, yeah, there are, there I know. There, it's crazy how good you got to give people their roses when they're that good. Josh Allen is great. I mean, watching that last game against the Bengals, it seemed like he got like hit in the head or something. It seemed like he was playing a he was playing a bit scared or there was something that seemed off and that he didn't seem fearless. And I, I mean, I, I've played professional, like uh, not professional, I played high school football and I know the feeling of, of getting your bell rung or playing against a team that can just beat the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And it, it messes with your mental. And I, 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 I guess my thought was that those guys aren't above that. And that Cincy team was laying a pounding on him. And, and yeah, football's unique for that, that you can get really, really rattled um, from a big hit. And the guys are, they're obviously professionals, so they do a good job of not showing that. But I was getting a sense of that with Josh Allen in that game. Especially in the, uh, in that weather too. It was like, wasn't it snowing yeah. in that game? Like feels a little bit different to, to get your bell rung in the freezing oh, cold no, than when it's hot out. Um, but obviously we were on the, we were on the NFL thing. Let's go to MLB. Uh, as you were mentioning that before, we are just about a week week away yes, from sir. the start of the season. Up on us. I was actually down last week. I was down in Florida for spring training. So I saw a couple of Phillies games, a couple of Yankees games. It was super cool to be down there. Haven't been there in like 10 years. Um, so that was awesome. And obviously my biggest thing I've been saying about it is like when you're down, I don't care if it's the scrubs playing, the, the single A guys playing, or it's the starters. When you're down in March and it's 76 degrees and there's not a cloud in, in the site and you, have, and you have a beer in your hand and you're watching baseball, you can't beat it. I'll take that over an April game, you know, any, any day of the week. Um, so talk to us about MLB. Obviously, you know, we're getting back into those trends. I remember last season heavily looking at props.cash for what I was going to take in the MLB because I do think it is a little bit harder to bet on the MLB versus, you know, most other sports. I agree. MLB is unique from NBA and NHL and NCAA basketball in that you have two-sided props. You have a pitch, a set of pitching props and you have a set of offensive props. So there's a lot to think about in terms of targeting, um, targeting your picks. And, and I would argue there's, there's probably a number of cappers that are either really good at pitching props or really good at hitting props and might not might not go too far in 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 one or the other because they are distinctly different even though they are tied together by the hitter pitcher matchup baseball is so unique it's 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 data intense and so our job at props.cash is to take the data and try to distill it into a simpler format for people to use uh, i don't see our product being like advanced MLB analytics. I, I see us as trying to do our best to distill the most important five or six points for making a prop bet and then making that available for every player. We're almost at a one-year point. I think honestly today might even be the day or yesterday where we released our app into the app store and our MLB offering was um, was fairly elementary when we first launched it last year. And so we made a number of upgrades to our MLB offering on our app. And we are actively working on um, building out the the website as well. 
again, it's, you know, I keep saying this, but it's one foot in front of the other. We are just, it's our third season with MLB. It's going to be better than it was last year. And last year was better than it was the year before. So we're just, we're just trying to, to improve it. And the good thing with MLB fans and prop betters, they are not hesitant to give you their feedback in terms of what type of data they are looking for to make their decision. So yeah, we're here for MLB. We are getting ready for the 160 some odd game season. Uh, it is a it is a marathon. It's different than any other sport in that you're getting like 10 games a day almost every day. Uh, there's there's a certain uh, energy that's required for MLB, but it's also such a beautiful sport. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to get it going and, and and get out to some MLB games. You saying that you were at spring training in Florida is is getting me fired up to to get out to a game in in April. So I saw when I was on Props That Cash, I saw you guys had a, a Counter Strike Ghost section. So obviously, you guys are dabbling into the esports. I've seen esports betting become bigger. I told you one day I was on some degenerate shit and I was fucking yeah, around he's with esports. Big on that. I don't really There's understand. like Call of Duty <laughs> prize picks. There's like props you can take and all that. So what like what's the process of that? How long you guys have been dabbling into the esports and like? Are you guys growing into more? I know there's Call of Duty. I don't know much more that you can bet on besides that, but what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, we are dabbling and it's basically just on the request of users. So we have been using a counter, we've been doing Counter-Strike for almost, it'll be a year this summer. And we, you know, we could add, there are, you know, League, League of Legends there, mm. like Call of Duty. Yep. There's a lot of areas to to expand into. The esports isn't, if you look at the overall market of esports, and I'm not an expert in this, so I might be a bit off base, but the esports grew like crazy over COVID because the sports were shut down. Absolutely. I don't necessarily know if it's seen the same growth, the growth rate since then. Esports is certainly growing, but the growth rate accelerated over COVID. And esports is most popular, we find, in the summer. Um, versus during the winter months, you have you have so so much competition, right? You have NBA, NHL, NFL up until January, early February, um, and then into the spring, you still have NBA and NHL and NCAA. But in the summer, with with baseball being the main sport, there is a window of opportunity there for esport cappers. That's where I think they see their most traction. And so this summer will be our second summer in the esport arena and we have to work to continue to improve this product um and it's it's a different it's a different beast than uh the sports markets mainly because a lot of the lines are slow to be available on on sites like FanDuel and DraftKings they're they're slow to get into player props on on esports whereas the prize picks and uh i think pinnacle there's there's a few you know few books specifically the prize picks and underdogs of the world they are they are heavy into player props like headshots and kills um on on the esports side do you find that people will ask questions like in terms of the props from other books like for instance you know we can't get prize picks in here in pa but like people in you know, I believe it's Texas and California, the Florida, maybe are the one like main couple states that I know. Do you find people asking questions about certain props that are offered on prize picks, you know, as an example versus FanDuel that doesn't offer that much? Or, you know, because I feel like you might have to dabble with like some users within the platform are asking about this prop, but it might not be offered on this book. Do you find that? Or is there just, you know, it's just, hey, we're posting a line like, you know, if you, if it offers it, it offers it. Oh, 
we're sure there's differences. Um, a good example is prize picks. They're very progressive in terms of offering new prop markets. I just saw one that they released last week where you can, there's essentially two NHL players in a game. Will they hit, you know, eight and a half shots, these two players together. This is a new idea that's not currently available on FanDuel and DraftKings as far as I know. So you can see companies like player or like prize picks pushing the boundaries in terms of what is available for prop the props that i want to see the most that are not currently available or at least not available maybe they will be again i I could be missing stuff this market moves so fast but i want to see golf props like how many greens in reg is a player going to hit how many three putts uh their score you know you can i think you can get stuff like their score and their birdie but longest drive maybe or longest putt um there is there's a lot of opportunity in golf to have player props that doesn't exist and i think i hope we start to see that more and and i think you're going to see the companies like prize picks or companies in that space leading the way in that in the, in that department do these companies and like these books are they working with props.cash any closely closer than before or is, is this pretty no much the they're not okay they're not yeah we're still completely separate from the books our 100% of our revenue is uh, from our subscribership, from our okay. users, yeah, we we've kept a distance from the books. Now I can I can go into a bit of detail why the mentality around that is. There's a few ways to make money in the space. Uh, one of them is to be a book, right, and accept the bets. Um, and it, and we just we weren't going there. But another one is to to be an affiliate site where you push people to sign up for the books, and you have you have some sort of content, but then you get paid. Do you find that um, profitable though? I don't know how. No, we don't. We don't. We don't do that. Right, but I'm saying uh, like I don't. I don't see how unless you have a like a huge yeah, following. I was like, you could make some money. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, but I I think with the affiliate stuff there, there's a bit of a I don't want to say there's like a waterfall effect in terms of the people at the top of the affiliate say they get. Five hundred to a thousand dollars for each user that signs up, they will have that deal and they will give it to say someone with a smaller following on Twitter. And if they get signed up, they'll get a hundred dollars of that five hundred to a thousand dollars. So to make good affiliate money, you have to be as far up the chain as possible. Uh, you have to kind of be at the source. And there are a lot of companies that are the source that give out their links, and then they they would make a profit on. Um, you know, at that, at that rate, again, these are just numbers that are right. floating out here. Sure. Um, it, 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 I'm sure it widely varies depending on the book, the state, blah, 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 whatever the, the agreement is now. So those affiliate sites, just back to the original point, those affiliate sites, their main goal is to get users to sign up for books because a lot of these affiliate sites are big, right? They're like publicly owned. And so they have a responsibility to their shareholders to make as much revenue as possible. And, and the way they generate revenue is by getting people to sign up for books. So their site, even though they could maybe disguise themselves as doing something different, their, their core goal on the site is to get you to sign up for a book or give the book information of the user that they can they can monetize with. We 
since we're subscriber only and we're ad free, we don't have to think about that. So there's no, we don't have a core goal on our site to push people to books. Our core goal on our site is to allow people to research. We are leaving money on the table by doing this because I think, you know, anytime someone clicked on a player, we could say, we could have a link underneath the player that says, hit these best odds at BetMGM and we can, we could get those, we could get that, you know, three or $400 sign up. We decided to not do that though, because then the product becomes, the focus of the product shifts to getting people to click that button. Mm. We want people to have uninterrupted research. That is the goal of the, of the tool. That's our North star. And in order for us to do that, we cannot put, uh, it's hard for us to put links like that uh, on the site in a, in an undistracting way. Like that. Yeah, that's really that's I mean, well, that's a cute great point there because you could show like, you know, the odds from FanDuel and DraftKings and prize picks and then say, Oh, pick this one. But now it does make a lot more sense that it would shift the um, you know, the thought process there within the model. Um we'll give you one last one here, Pete. We do seriously appreciate the time. Um one last real quick one here is what are the kind of future plans as we move forward with props.cash and kind of what you see moving on in the future, obviously with MLB just a, a week away. Yeah. So I caution uh, around like looking too far into the future in this space um, there. I think we've, we've, you know, the three of us have been around gambling Twitter long enough that we've seen a lot of cheat sheets and discords and things live and die within the lifetime that we've been on gambling Twitter. So if you're thinking about something, that might be a good idea six months from now or a year from now. That idea can be past its prime. It can can be a rotten idea by that point. point. So we are living as close to the present as possible. And I think what comes with that is not having these crazy ambitious plans long-term. There are a lot of things that are very organic that we have to move into as we grow but I don't want to overanalyze the future right now. It's continuing to build trust with users, continuing to make the product better based on user feedback, continuing to mature as a company. I think one huge thing that has helped our business is now that we've had employees that have been on for you know quite some time now where they've learned gambling Twitter. They've learned what the community is like. There are so many nuances in gambling Twitter. There are so many people that maybe uh or sorry there's a lot of amazing people but there's also some people that maybe they've scammed people before and Mm. they're living a second life that some people don't know but if you've been on gambling twitter you have seen their first life and their Mm. second life and in order to operate in this business you have to know some of that stuff you have similar to how i promote having a living knowledge of sports stats on props.cash to operate a business in this space you need to have a living knowledge of gambling twitter Mm. And that takes time. Someone can't just get a Twitter, uh, a, a, you know, a Twitter account and learn gambling Twitter in a month. It's literally t- would take six months to a year to understand the the landscape uh, and and what's happening. You know, we look at the Discord world. A year and a half ago, or two years ago, there was really only Kenny's moonshot. Yep. Now so there's. Yeah, there was Telegram. Now there's how many discords you want to say? Like, I literally want to say on gambling Twitter, there's probably 20 main discords, but there's probably over a hundred discords that are you can click on a link 
on a launch pass or, you know, one of those links to, to sign up for at any given time. And that has, that has grown significantly in, in only a year and a half. So a year and a half from now, that market is, is getting saturated. There's going to be something different. I don't necessarily know what the next step's going to be, but, but understanding what the new ideas are going to be and investing in them is, is, is critical to growing a business here. It's uh, not the greatest time to open a discord. If you're going to open a discord, you probably wanted to do it a year and a half ago um, to maximize your business. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent just analyzing the trends. I think that's a really good point because I think the average, maybe non sports better that is, you know, milling around on gambling Twitter might not really know like what actually goes on and, and how to learn yeah. a lot about it. Um, but very well said. And like you said about the future, you know, like you said at the beginning, one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. Uh, we really, <laughs> really appreciate your time today, yeah. Pete. It means a lot to us. It does. I wanted to ask you guys, like, how are you guys doing? Um, what have you guys been up to? I know that the all day, every day, you've had taken a bit of a hiatus, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to lament that you guys are really good at what you do, and it ties back. To, if you were able to put out consistent episodes and stuff, there's no, I have no doubt that you guys will see growth because the way that you interview and the way that you speak to people is unique in this space, and you guys have a chemistry that is is not easily reproducible. So I just wanted to give you that feedback. My thank God, you. Thank you. Yeah, you, real quick. We did do, um, yeah. during the football season, we worked with Sleeper Fantasy. Um, we okay. were producing, you know, 60 clips a week. And at the time I was working full time. So we were just mainly focused on that. And what we would do instead of episodes is we would sit down here and record for maybe 30 to 40 minutes and then chop that all up for TikTok to post stuff out there. Okay. Um, cool. But like, I said, we did realize we like this a lot. Better. We like this a lot better. Number one, and then number two, you know, we would have comments on our TikTok like, you know, "Well, it's been three months since you posted a full podcast," and we're like, "Well, we just don't really." We, I mean, with all this, but yeah, you know, things happen, and you know, that's why we did appreciate, you know, the welcome back message because, uh, you know, we're fucking back. We're not <laughs> um, so awesome. yeah, we'll let you get back to it. We do seriously appreciate Thank it, so and obviously, much, all our chats with you. Um, do us a big favor. Hit us up. We would love to be. I would love to be rocking a props.cash okay. crew night for God's sake. Props.cash on all socials. <laughs> props.cash on all, all right. socials. You know how to see Pete Smalik. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you real soon, and we really, really appreciate you. All right, AJ Manny. Thank you guys. Take Thank care. you. Man. Take care, Pete. See you guys. Wow. I was sick. I like that little dig. I like that little dig at us. I like that. No, I me like too. That. Me too. I mean, but I, I think, and I think he said that at the beginning, you know, about like consistency and all that. And I was just nodding my head because I'm like, we say it all the time. Like, you know, it's it's all about consistency. Um, great show. Great to talk to with Pete again. We obviously have much love and respect for him. Always a blast talking to him. Maybe we can go up there at some point and try out that damn golf simulator. Facts. <laughs> Yo, facts. Check out what Canada's like. Facts. Uh, if you did enjoy this episode and you did watch on YouTube, drop a like and a comment down below. Do not hit. Do not forget to hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on our social media platforms at ADED Pod on Instagram, Seriously. at ADED Podcast on Twitter, and our TikTok, which is just the name of the show, The All Day Everyday Show. You've been listening to The All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. Wow. My name is Alex Jacobs. I almost forgot that, but you can call me All Day AJ. We'll see you when, you, we'll, we'll see you when we see you. I almost forgot that. We have another show to do, so I'm all out of whack. I can start doing part of the outro. <laughs> we'll see you in a bit. What's up?